There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. I'd like to welcome you to a new week on the podcast. This is our Monday edition of the podcast. We thank the Lord for the good weekend. We thank the Lord for the opportunity we have to be in the house of God Thursday night and just share a little testimony what the Lord had done for us. And then also on Friday, we had prayer meeting. I didn't make it all night, but others did. We thanked the Lord for those that stayed and labored in prayer. And it's not easy. That's why Jesus asked Peter, could you not watch one hour? And that's what I challenged folks initially. Can you watch one hour? And my friend, we ended up staying several hours. We thanked the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for those that have an interest in the community, in their area of their families, in the area of co-workers, and burdened about those things. We thank God for that. Thank the Lord for the good house of God yesterday. We had the privilege of being in the Black Creek Baptist Church uh, all day. And then we went over to Grace Bible Independent Baptist Church in Shingle House last night. We thank the Lord for the folks having us in. And uh, what a blessing it is. We'll update further on those things if need be. Uh, but we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do this week. Tonight, clear down through Friday night, uh, we're going to be here at 6 p.m. each night. Those should be live streamed on the Black Creek Facebook, and uh, just probably about a 45, 50-minute chapel service each night, just uh, asking the Lord to help us. That's traditionally what we've done in these winter meetings. And so we're looking for the Lord to speak to us, the Lord to answer prayer, and we certainly want the Lord to meet with us. We're back in Hebrews chapter 3, and we're going to continue where we left off last time. I'm going to go back to verse 6. But Christ is a son over his own house, the word of God tells us. He says, house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice. And so there he tells us the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And again, we're talking about Israel. We're talking about the voice of God. We're talking about holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. There is no other way to translate that. No other way to explain that away. That is the work of God and how we thank the Lord for that. But the Holy Ghost had said unto them. And so this Jesus-only gospel falls short again. This Jesus-only idea just falls short again. There are men that just will not acknowledge the person of the Holy Ghost, the work of the Holy Ghost. And I didn't say to magnify him. And I didn't say to point to him. No, you point folks to Christ, but the ministry of the Word of God by the Holy Ghost. And this is the Old Testament. This is Old Testament doctrine. And so we see that in Psalm 95 and verse 7. And again, we see the ministry that the Holy Ghost has been given. And we'll see what the Word of God says concerning his children in Israel. Verse 7, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. Now, this is the Holy Ghost speaking in this psalm. For he tells you then, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, 
and saw my work. So they saw the work of God. Psalm 78 and verse 42, this beautiful Psalm of Asaph, we see where they turned back in verse 41 and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. How did they limit the Holy One of Israel? Because they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. So they did not remember what the Lord God had done for them. They would not remember what the Lord God had done for them. They had the hardness of their heart, the unbelief of their heart, and they were going to do things their way. They did not heed the voice of God. They would not heed the voice of God. And yet it was a grief to God. He said he was grieved with them. So he gave them up to walk in their own heart's lust. That's what God did to, now listen, to his children because of disobedience. And if God does that to his children because of disobedience, how much more is a holy God going to do to this church when they are disobedient? When they will not obey the work of God, they will not obey the word of God, how much more will God deal with them? Psalm 106 and verse 24 The word of God gives us a little bit more instruction concerning that. The word said, yea, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word. Now there's the problem. They would not hear because their hearts were hardened. They would not believe the word of God. And the word of God said, but they murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore, he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness. And so God overthrew them because of disobedience. God overthrew them because they would not take heed to his word. The Holy Ghost had spake to them and they would not heed the word of God. And so God himself overthrew them and then overthrew their seed also among the nations to scatter them in the lands. The word of God said this, they joined themselves also into Baal Peor and ate the sacrifices of the dead. And so Baal Peor, of course, Balaam taught them fornication, taught them to eat things offered to idols, and they began to offer sacrifices to idols and eat those things that God had forbid them to eat. They became abomination in the sight of God. This is God's own people. These are they that he chose. These are those he called out of Egypt land, brought them into the good land, but because in the wilderness he could not bring them in, they could not enter in because of the hardness of their heart. Word of God tells in Deuteronomy chapter 32. He said they provoked him to jealousy and verse 16, with strange gods, with abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrifice unto devils. There it is. They were taught that. The sin of Baal Peor. It's with us still in this day, in this hour in which we live. In abominations, they provoked him to anger. They sacrifice unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And so he tells us their problem was they would not believe him. They did not believe the word of God. So here's what they did. They took every new idea that came down the road and they ran with it. And they said, this is God. We've seen that in the music industry. They say, this is God. And you're supposed to accept their music that's not of God. It's not holy. It's not sanctified. 
You got drunkards and drug addicts and fornicators and adulterers singing, waving their hands for the glory of God. And you got generations of people, even elder people, that follow musicians rather than follow the people of God. And therefore, when a man of God stands and preaches, and he withstands that, people say, well, this is our God. This is a God that we were not familiar with, but now we know this God. And what you're preaching is standing against this. And we love our music more than we love God. We love our practice of religion more than we love God. They've replaced God with religion, even to abomination. Women up there in indecent attire singing, immodest apparel singing. Men that are in immodest apparel And I'm not going to preach against skinny jeans or skin-tight pants. You shouldn't have to preach against it. Just look in the mirror and you know the boy's a pervert. And why? Because he can't keep his pants loose enough to try to reveal himself. That's the day in which we live. That's a generation. People say, we ought not say things like that. Well, people that say that usually have grandsons and sons that wear those kind of things. A man ought to also himself have modest apparel. He ought to adorn himself as God would have him adorn himself, not as an object of beauty, but an object of decency and respectability. Had a man recently rebuked me for speaking about wearing a necktie. All I said is just a picture of authority. That's why people hate neckties. They hate the idea of authority. I know when I go in a sheet store or in a convenience store and I got my, my suit on, my tie on, got my shoes polished, there's a respectability that people show just based on the attire and the appearance that which I present myself. You say, well, those things ought not be. Well, it's what it is. There's no such thing as ought not be. It's how it is and it's what it is. And yet... We live in a day now when everybody's trying to be cool and hip and trendy and modern, and they want a hip God and a cool God, and they've committed abomination because they won't rebuke sin. Churches are filled with fornicators, filled with adulterers, filled with perversion, filled with pornography, and there's no relief, there's no hope in sight because we have a clergy today that will not call sin, sin, because they do not take heed to the word of God. They will not take heed to what God said. And they're following the sin of Baal Peor, and they're following the practice of sin, of perversion today, even to abomination. It's been a big stink. Uh, amongst the grace community, because one of their big preachers came out and he gave this big justification why you ought to attend your sodomite marriages in your family to show them that, yes, I don't agree with you, but we also, you know, we want to try to reach you with the gospel. And yet the foolishness of that notion, the foolishness of that, thankfully, even in the grace community, which I profoundly disagree with, there have been many that have withstood that. Well, they've called for the separation. There is no such thing as gay marriage. Therefore, how can you go to a marriage with two men or two women and call it marriage lest you support it? There is no such thing, a marriage as a man and a woman. But we have cowed down because of persons. We've cowed down because of family. Most of us have gays and lesbians in our family. Most families today, extended family, Certainly, there's someone that's crossed that bridge and they're on the other side of the fence and they don't want anybody to say anything about it and you're mean, you're judgmental, you're wicked for not speaking about it, just like their ungodly music and their wicked music and the fellowship that comes from wicked music. I saw something recently. One of these big Southern gospel groups, probably the biggest Southern gospel group, they go on TBN. And they go on other godless, anti-Christ religious programming. And I know good people that'll go sit in their concerts. 
And I'm telling you, I'm calling for the separation from that. How can you condone that? How can you put your stamp of approval on that? They want Kenneth Copeland recently. They were with him for his big conference, the Southwest Church Conference. And tens of thousands of people attend these charismatic, hyper-charismatic, prosperity gospel conferences that are anti-Christ, anti-God, profoundly, they hate God, they hate the truth, but money reigns supreme. Therefore, because the money's good, no one wants to say boo about it. Pastors say, I'll lose my church members if I take a stand. You don't have those church members anyway if you lose them when you take a stand. They're not really yours because they don't belong to God. You take a stand and people bail out because of that stand, run off down the road where they can feel a little bit better about themselves. You don't really have those people. The reality of it is this. They're offered every new devil that came along, every new idol that came along, they would sacrifice to that idol. They would bow the knee to that idol. And God was angry with them. They had so grieved God, he was he slew them in the wilderness. And I know people preach, oh, well, they were saved, once saved, always saved. They all went to heaven. And then they damn Korah, kind of odd, but they died in unbelief. Their hearts were hardened. The, the children of Israel died in unbelief in the wilderness. God only spared those, save two, below that age of 40. Why? Because they died in the hardness of their hearts. They would not. God moved to jealousy because they had that which was not God. God is jealous over those things. And you wonder today why people are not getting truly born of God, or they make a profession of faith and can't live for God, and they still live in sin. The reason why is because they don't have God. They have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, we were told from such to turn away. They've moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They bring an idol and they say, this is God and it's not God. They bring a, an offering that's not God. And they bring uh, the fruit of their labors just like Cain did and it's not God. And that's what they're offering today. Why? Verse 18, Deuteronomy 32, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and has forgotten God that formed thee. Why are they in the condition they're in? They forgot about that rock. The rock that formed thee. The God that formed thee. The rock that led them. That rock that led them in the wilderness was Christ. The word of God told And they forgot about him. They go offer their sacrifices every week. It wouldn't phase them one bit. They'd be living in sin, offering to idols. They'd go down to the tabernacle out of duty and offer sacrifice. And yet they'd perish in their iniquity. They'd perform the Passover in their iniquity. It would cost them their lives. Why? They did not believe God. They did it out of duty and out of form, but they had idols. They had idols they'd set up in their heart. And that's why he said to us, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, says in the provocation, the day of temptation in the wilderness. Why do people need all this to just love God? Why do they need all this music and all this religious osity and religious programming? You know, really what is this? just a placebo to replace God. It has numbed people to their need of God. They have just enough TV preacher, just enough religious programming, just enough concert, just enough Christian music, they call it, in their home, and they don't need God. They've replaced God with the practice of religion, and it's an idol to them. It's an abomination, and God's angry, and God ought to be angry. He said, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years, they saw the work of God. 
He said, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Psalm 81, verse 11, we're going to close with this. Again, the Lord dealing with his people. Another Psalm of Asaph, that great prophet of God. But my people would not hearken to my voice and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up under their own heart's lust and they walked in their own counsels. And then I want you to hear the lamentation of God through the prophet of God. A weeping Savior, a broken Savior, that rock was crushed. He said, but my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. Can I say to you, can I make that relative to today? People that name the name of Christ will not hearken to his voice. They call you a legalist. They say you're too strict. You're just preaching silliness. They think it's foolishness what preaching is today. And they will not hearken to his voice. And Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Again, the lamentation, all that my people had hearkened unto me. And Israel had walked in my ways. What God would do for us if we would walk with him. What God would do for you, your family, your church if you would learn to walk with him. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website, and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.